This episode of A Change of Brand is brought to you by BrandPad, a new standard of brand guidelines. BrandPad is an online platform made by designers for designers. Keep listening for a special code just for you, our listeners. I think the fundamental rule of branding nowadays is to just keep it simple. It's not that hard. Don't do those extensive narratives and pyramids with a lot of different definitions. I at times think that brand people tend to overcook their omelette. Hey everybody, welcome to A Change of Brand, a show featuring behind-the-scenes stories of rebrand, glory, drama, or disaster. I'm your host, Blake Howard. Today I have good news and bad news. The bad news is that this is the end of season four. But the good news is that we get to end with a story about one of the world's most popular games, Minecraft. I wasn't very familiar with Minecraft until around 2020. My oldest child started to beg me to download the app on his iPad, and I was skeptical. The last thing I wanted to do was to introduce a sketchy multiplayer game to my six-year-old that is quite literally filled with creepers. But as most parents can attest, kids are persistent. Their FOMO is real and peer pressure is unfortunately alive and kicking. Eventually, I capitulated and we bought Minecraft for $10 in the App Store. I can honestly say now, three years later, that I am a fan. Whereas YouTube kids, Netflix, or other games feel one-dimensional and produce couch potato status, I've seen my kids' imagination go wild. They have built incredible things on Minecraft, from never-ending roller coasters to underground bunkers to modern mansions. Minecraft is this generation's version of Legos. However, as a highly successful and expanding company, the Minecraft brand was spawning inconsistencies as it was built over time brick by brick. In 2022, they released a brand update that tidied up the logo system and the individual identities for their ever-growing amount of sub-brands, extensions, and products. Today's story isn't about some genius breakthrough creative idea. This is less of an overhaul and more of a revitalization to the brand system. It's more about control and how you manage your distinct assets as a brand. And confession, it is a nerdy topic today and way less fun than some beautiful breakthrough new logo. However, I believe this is what separates the good from the great. As a point of contention, compare Amazon to Apple. Both have been prolific brands in the past two decades and have experienced tremendous growth and expansion of sub-brands, endorsed brands, sister brands, and you name it. However, one brand system is chaotic and the other is super tight. Can you guess which is which? If you guessed Apple is the more organized one, you are correct. And their brand evaluation shows it. They are close to $200 billion more in evaluation compared to Amazon. As brands succeed, they need logo systems and flexible structures to allow them to remain relevant and recognizable. Brand architecture and logo systems are the unsung heroes of the brand underworld. Like a plumber who repairs a broken septic tank, brand architecture systems are underappreciated when they work. 
but they sure do stink when they break. Today, we get to find out how Minecraft cleaned up their act. If you're a Minecraft noob, no worries. Here's my nine-year-old son and Minecraft enthusiast to explain. Uh, it's a game. I mean, you can play two modes, survival or creative, and survival is like where you spawn in with nothing, but then you have to like chop down trees and then make it a crafting table, and with that crafting table, you have to get more stuff and then do, like, it's really complicated. Okay, and then what's the other mode? Creative, and that's where you just have everything and you don't need to craft anything. You just, if you're playing on an Xbox, just press Y and you have all this stuff. If you're playing survival, the point of the game is basically just to survive, like build a house with blocks. And then if you're in creative, you can just build as many houses with you want with as many blocks as you want. Okay. So. so in survival mode, is there anyone trying to get you? I mean, there are like zombies and stuff. Ooh. What else is trying to get you? Spiders, skeletons. I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> What are some, like, super cool creatures you can make or spawn? An iron golem. Uh, it's basically a thing that's in villages that protects villagers from pillagers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This sounds really stupid. No, I love it. So you can go into your inventory and you can get TNT, and that's basically, like, dynamite or something. And then you have to get flint and steel, and then you press that on the TNT and then it explodes. Okay, that is about as clear as mud. But you know about as much as I do at this point. For even more backstory on Minecraft and their business and what led up to their change of brand, let's go to brand strategist Tracy Clark for our briefing. Minecraft is the number two best-selling video game of all time, coming second only to the cultural phenomenon that is Tetris. As of 2021, Minecraft has sold over 238 million copies since it was first released, generating about $3 billion in game sales. And as a testament to the game's popularity, copies of Minecraft have been sold to virtually every corner of the earth, including Antarctica. Minecraft was created by Marcus Notch Pearson, who spent the first two years privately testing early versions of the game. By November of 2011, it was fully released to the public. As a sandbox video game, players explore a 3D world made up entirely of blocks where there's no official goal other than the ones that they set for themselves, allowing for ultimate creativity. The visual identity for the Minecraft brand has varied only slightly over the years. Its most distinctive logo was the very first Minecraft logo, which was never actually used by the brand aside from its early days in development. It consisted of large rounded letters that featured a green grass field and a bright blue sky with little white blocks at the top. Minecraft's first official logo was introduced in 2009 during private testing. It was made up of gray pixel squares that had a cobblestone texture. When the game officially launched two years later, the lettering became much thicker and bolder. The block letters in the wordmark resembled rocks with tiny cracks. Two years later, the next iteration of the logo was tweaked by adding a gradient and increasing the thickness of the outline. The version was supposed to look sleeker and more professional. But with such a recognizable brand and massive following, why change anything? Well, despite wanting to give players full freedom in gameplay, the Minecraft experience started to lack a clear direction, causing the brand to feel a little fragmented. 
In order to gain greater clarity and consistency, Minecraft would need to really game plan how they might attack a change of brand. From a brand identity perspective, Minecraft is incredible. From color to block-based type and characters, it has numerous distinctive assets that make it unmistakably Minecraft. The new identity update, which was done by Bold Scandinavia and the Mojang Studios in-house team, did very little to the Minecraft logo, but did a lot for the full identity system. Sub-brands and brand extensions come to life now through a limited set of logo styles. Playing off the grid block style from the game and consistent perspectives, the logo system is quite nice. It allows each sub-brand to take on a life of its own, but still feels very much connected. This project also brought more definition and clarity around each of the Minecraft properties, which colors could or should they get and which unique identifiers go with each. For example, the Legacy or Vanilla Minecraft game keeps blue, green, and tan in the forefront for the branded moments, whereas Minecraft Dungeons uses orange, reds, and deep plums for communications. Or another example, Minecraft Live, an interactive live stream and fan convention, uses red, black, and grays for any design needs. This master design system also refined the blocky grid system that now quite literally informs everything related to the Minecraft brand. In fact, Bold's case study called it Blocktacular. If you look at the before and after, which we'll have on achangeofbrand.com, you might not feel like this is a story worth reporting on. On one hand, they didn't introduce too many new elements. However, on the other, it now feels more like Minecraft than ever before. It's like they chiseled further into the stone to make it more clearly itself. Before this effort, it seemed like there weren't many limits, like any type, style, or design element was on the table. Whereas now it feels very limited, subdued, and organized. With a cleanup job this detailed and comprehensive, I want to nerd out and see how did they pull it off? Thanks, Blake, and thanks for your podcast. It's a really refreshing take on a really niche subject, and I think you're doing a great job. And you have a real gangster name. You should use that in your branding. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you would say that while we were recording. You can use that. I'm happy for you to use that in a tagline somewhere. Oh, man, awesome. That is Harry Alonen. And as you can tell, we were off to a strong start. Harry has a unique perspective into the Minecraft brand story. Today, he works at Mojang Studios as a senior brand manager. But back in 2020, he was at Bold Scandinavia during the brand refresh for Minecraft. I can get these LinkedIn messages saying, yo, I just want to connect because I love your brand. My kids love your brand. Everything's so great about it. Every time I hear that, it just makes me so happy. So thanks for that. With this story and like most, there is a preamble. Around 2019, while he was working at Bold, Mojang reached out and was looking to rebrand the parent company. The problem was pretty simple. Make Mojang Studios a more distinct brand to attract skilled people, right? And maybe it's good to pause here for just a minute. There were some statistics in preparation for this podcast I wanted to highlight about the industry we're living in. According to PwC, the video games revenue in 2017 was 120 billion. And PwC further projects that the business will be roughly 320 billion in 2026. 
Imagine that, it's a third of a trillion. <laughs> and if you think of it, gaming has become a fundamental driver of entertainment, the growth of entertainment, right? And if you look at the gaming studios and entertainment brands, they seem to be rising amongst the most attractive places to work, especially in Sweden and in Europe. So back to Mojang Studios. So I heard Mojang Studios was meeting another agencies. Again, Stockholm is very, very small. So we created this initial deck with initial thinking around what we see their problem being, initial recommendations, the fundamentals of branding, really. The time was really tight at the time. So they were like, okay, we really like you. Can you come back in two weeks with some ideas? And we, I remember we, <laughs> we assembled this really big crew from Bold, the whole North Alliance, and just started hammering out ideas for their identity. I remember that the whole process of doing the identity for Mojang Studios was kind of twisted because they needed to trademark and launch the logo for a new game that was coming. So they wanted it to be on the splash screen. They wanted it to be there for the new game launch. So we were basically working against the clock. And we only focused in the beginning on the logo. When we got the logo delivered, we did the rest of the system in a couple of months. After a successful and slightly crazy project, Bold proved themselves worthy of Mojang. They formed a great relationship, and it felt natural when the Minecraft project popped up. By that time, we had all the contracts in place. We were just like, okay, plug and play. We were waiting for some time for the brief, and it was like, yeah, it's coming next week, it's coming next week. And then when that brief landed in my inbox... I was like, I can still feel and remember how it felt in my stomach because there was a lot to do, as you can imagine. We had a lot of things to solve, very little time. This was in the middle of the pandemic, you know, and the usual agency stuff. Can you do this in eight weeks? Yeah, that's agent's life. Bold didn't have a lot of time to help whip Minecraft into shape. This was a quick one. And the brief was pretty complex. Let's step back a bit and look at Minecraft as a brand. So Minecraft is usually associated with one game product. However, when you start looking at the whole franchise, you understand that there are brands and products and services that have been grown like a phenomenon for now 14 years. Minecraft is a brand that grew from a game to an entertainment franchise with games, broadcasting, services, and even education, which is in its core a business-to-business product sold to schools and teachers, right? And often when brands grow this fast that they become a phenomenon, it's almost like a cult thing, right? Branding decisions are often, as you said, short time frames. You need to come up with something. The brand decisions are often made right there, right then, without necessarily thinking about the bigger system. You take something that's worked somewhere, you duplicate it, or you use the same principles, and then you just go with that. And we asked ourselves these tricky questions like, what is the optimal brand hierarchy or architecture when you have this amount of brands, sub-brands, products, services? What is really the category? How do we categorize all these brands? How do we intend to grow the brand on a bigger scale? And finally, things we're probably talking 
a little bit more today is the distinctive brand codes. What are the brand assets? What is the identity system that maximizes effect and is also very efficient to use? Because we have partners, colleagues, teams across the board, and they needed something really, really easy. So essentially, the Minecraft visual realm had become messy. Logo styles, colors, and graphic elements all felt a bit pillaged and patchwork. Bold's task was to assemble a larger, more intentional plan to ensure that as they moved forward, they would build the brand on solid ground. I remember we had this guy, Michael Lanning, and he looked at all the logos and he became the logo dude. He sat in a boiler room cracking logos together with the Minecraft team. But he looked at the logos and he was like, okay, we're having different like angles here and there. And that's what happens. If you would look at the Coca-Cola company or Disney, you would see these deviations when they grow. But in big picture, we needed to crack like three key challenges. Firstly, the brand hierarchy, the most optimal hierarchy given the brand's history and future goals. That was the first thing position, what do we want to stand for on a master brand level, and identity, how can we create a brand system that works for the whole franchise? People talk about brand codes and distinctive assets, and if you look at it, what it basically means is, how can we create brand identities and brand assets that are distinct so they drive effect, so people recognize them, they create the mental connection to the brand. And there's some really interesting research done by Ehrenberg Bass Institute that found that only 16% of ads in a study were correctly remembered and attributed, which means that 84% of the ad spend was basically wasted. And when looking at the Minecraft identity, we quite quickly realized that there's nothing like this. We have an extremely high awareness, and we kind of landed in that okay, we're working with extremely distinct assets. Again, back to it was more of a brand revitalization and not a complete rebrand. The thing behind distinctiveness is really interesting. You basically measure it to two different filters. Fame, how famous a specific brand asset is. Often, how many of the category buyers know this asset. And uniqueness, how many people identify this asset uniquely to your brand. And I think we as a design community should talk more about this. Yeah. Well, I think that's a big part of the effectiveness of design is that if you do it well, it should be memorable and it should be recognizable. But perhaps the design community doesn't talk about it that much because there is an assumption with that that repetition is also important and longevity is important. You know, So in order to establish something that's recognizable, it's going to take time and repetition and context. And perhaps we like the new. Perhaps we like the next thing. We like to keep designing and creating, not sustaining. We get tired of things. Yeah, somebody said that's the curse of the creative mind, that we get bored with things that look the same. Bold strategy to solve this Minecraft mess was to simplify and amplify. It's the basic idea to strip everything away except the most important and distinct assets for the brand, to essentially remove all of the noise. Then, intensify the use of those precious few remaining elements. It's a less but better strategy. Another way to put it, to make Minecraft even more Minecraft. But in order to pull this off, they knew they needed to work closely with leaders at Mojang. They had a large in-house creative team and took pride in their work. 
So an agency coming in, telling them what to do, and throwing a PDF doc over to solve their problem could be instant damage. It takes time, trust, and close collaboration to solve a problem like this. As Bolt started to dig in, they realized part of the problem was a lack of centralized documentation and brand rules. There were some rules in place, but not everyone knew where to find them or really cared to follow them. In my experience, there are two root causes for inconsistent and messy brand architecture issues. The first is just low control over creative services. In-house designers get assigned an individual project with some criteria and parameters. They do their best and probably crush it on a singular assignment basis. But you take that project and you multiply it by hundreds across a team of 20, 30, 40, and you have brand chaos. There just isn't a bigger picture strategy that helps guide them along the way. The second cause for messy architecture problems is just boredom. Designing communications all day, every day with the same colors, styles, and type is a snooze fest. And to get to create a new logo, that is exciting. And it's also what entices people to create things that are inconsistent. Rarely does someone creep around intentionally breaking brand guidelines. It's more so a lack of inspiration, clarity, and accountability. These are all sensitive subjects to address as an outside agency. So Bold treaded carefully and worked closely with the Minecraft team almost daily. They made small strides to refine color, type, and other design elements. The first meeting, I actually can remember being both a little bit anxious and excited was the first big presentation after two, three weeks into the work where we had done our groundwork, we had our hypothesis, we had our recommendations, both on the strategic side. We need to go from this to this. We need to have a different kind of hierarchy. And this is how we are envisioning to build out the brand identity system. And just to give some context, we had worked day and night those two or three weeks. Having big teams, both on strategy side, the design side, in the middle of spring, in the middle of a pandemic, it can be frustrating for a lot of people. Okay, time for a quick break. When we come back, we find out what sort of Zoglins might be creeping into this change story and how Harry and the team fight their way through. All that and more after the break. Hey, while we're taking this break, I want to give a huge shout out to BrandPad for sponsoring this episode. I love using BrandPad here at Matchstick where I work. Gone are the days of static and dusty brand guidelines. Made by designers for designers, BrandPad is easy to use and allows us and our clients to make updates instantly because it's become our go-to platform for creating beautiful digital guidelines for clients. Our friends at BrandPad have given us a code to share with you in hopes that it helps you too. Use code CHANGE15 for 15% off of your next subscription. For more information, check out brandpad.io. That's brandpad.io. Hey listeners, did you know Blake, our fearless podcast host and dad joke expert, has written a book? What? Yeah, it's totally true. It covers a range of brand identity topics and solutions to help CMOs and other brand leaders uncover a more radically relevant brand. In fact, that's the name, Radically Relevant. And since we all love to take quizzes, it comes with an assessment too, so you can see how your brand stacks up against the competition. For more on the book or to take the free Radically Relevant assessment, check out radicallyrelevantbrand.com. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to join the conversation on Instagram. 
See more about today's episode, share with a friend, or send us an idea you have for a future episode at A Change of Brand. All right, let's get back to it. After sprinting on the Mojang rebrand and building strong bonds with the client, the bold Scandinavia team were sprinting yet again. This time, they were working at the crafting table to spawn a new enchantment for the Minecraft brand. Harry and the team were suspended, levitating, waiting to see how their first big presentation would go. Bold Scandinavia and the team I had the pleasure to working with was really, really strong and really, really talented. But the whole team was also very vocal. So you can imagine how those two weeks felt. (laughs) The first bigger meeting was really intense. And I remember the day really well. We started off the meeting. There was like 35 people online. That was the beginning of COVID. 35 clients and everybody was just sitting silently. (laughs) So I kicked off the meeting, introduced what we're going to do, handed off to our strategy director, Mariam, who started going through our rationale. And she had this fantastic way of presenting and really making clients feel being heard and being really present. I remember her way of explaining things and telling a story while coming up with really strong strategic arguments was just great. And I think on slide 10, if I remember correct, somebody said, I love where you're taking this, keep going. And that's where I felt, okay, we're home, because I knew what the design team was about to present. That was just pure gold. I've never seen a design system like that. And we had worked with the Mojang Studios team very, very closely. And that was great. I wasn't really worried, but maybe the biggest thing, and I remember this from the time being a consultant too, often the hardest thing to convince people on is a mental shift. Not necessarily like, this is your new logo. It's more like, how do we treat our brand and how do we treat our brands in the future? That is often the hardest thing to get through. What was their reaction? I mean, it seemed like things were going well once they said, like, slide 10, this is, this is great, keep going. But after the bold team stopped presenting and you probably paused for feedback, what were the reactions? Everything was liked, but the new architecture model was a little bit tricky. So we basically went from having a lot of Minecraft brands into a more, how would I say, a more traditional master brand, sub-brand version. And we had to present back that same rationale a couple of times until we got going forward. Harry and the Bold team had to present and represent over and over in order to help that mind shift stick. Eventually it worked and the visual system was adopted for moving forward. This reminds me of a recent project I was on where we presented new ways of thinking for a large enterprise level visual system. It wasn't rocket science, but it did introduce a more simplified aesthetic. And the first time we presented it, the client strongly disliked it. To say it was received with resistance is an understatement. However, we just sort of kept presenting it over and over and wore them down with our persistence. Not because we wanted to be hard-headed, but we really believed it was the right answer for them. Flash forward a few months later to the updated identity system rolling out company-wide, and everyone was raving about how incredible it was. And it was virtually identical to that very first presentation. Change requires stamina and time to be adopted. As for those at Mojang and the ones responsible for the Minecraft brand, 
they started to feel the efficiency of the new identity system. It just made creating communications easier. When you know the boundaries and you don't waste time with approvals or revisions, you level up. Or in the Minecraft language, you spawn an orb that grows your XP to ward off mean hoglins and endermen. You know, the usual. To make a long story short, the new identity system rolled out, and there wasn't much press about the logo system or identity updates. Under Considerations Brand New, which I highly recommend, by the way, posted a nice feature about it. There was a small post on Minecraft's website about some of the updates, and there were a few Reddit posts about the changes. If you dig into those comments, they were mostly filled with complaints about the new product icons not technically being correct. One cool accolade for this effort, it received a gold in the prestigious Can Lions Awards in the design category for best rebrand refresh of an existing brand. The real question in my mind is what would my son think? What do you think about the Minecraft logo? It's cool. What do you like about it? I mean, it's just a dirt block. It's way, I think they did a lot better with that because it's like more colorful and I don't know, there's cooler stuff. I think they did a lot of good marketing and like the old logo used to have like lots of swivel lines, kind of like a block, but then in the newer one, it's not like that. It's like just blocky kind of. Okay, so survey of one, my son approves. He thought it was pretty cool. And I was impressed that he did pick up on some of the small details. So at some point, you transitioned from Bull to Mojang. Tell us what you learned about the visual identities and how you were at the agency as a consultant. And now you're in-house. What did you learn in that transition? To be honest, I learned how easy it is to be outside. No, just kidding. <laughs> but there is... That, that is that is true, though. There, there's a. It's like, have you ever heard the phrase... Uh, uh, good fences make good neighbors. It, it's, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. It's like you know, a little a little distance. Yeah, is nice. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's easier to be uh, an <laughs> uncle or an aunt because you get to come in and say hi, kids, and then you're like bye, kids. <laughs> That's I've never heard that quote, but I'm definitely gonna use it. No, but there's really something to it though. That often being in an agency, and somebody told me this once that you only see a fraction of all the work that goes into the brief that comes to your table. And I think there is something very much true to that. The backend systems, the updating product icons, it's a lot of work for a company our size. And I think, yeah, just getting assets out there, there's a lot of things to do. Brand strategy is really simple in its core. The tricky part is often to get your people on board get the internal engagement going, get people to buy into your new strategy or using your new identity or what have you. And I think that's also part of it. When you're a consultant, you basically package everything into a PDF or Frontify or what have you. And then it's up to the internal teams to do the implementation. And it's often there where you see the troubles arise. Okay, let's wrap up this change story. I really appreciate the rigor and effort it takes to provide a more organized logo and identity system. It's not just a design challenge. It's an alignment and socialization task. Sure, there is strategy there to determine what is a sub-brand and what is a product, what's an extension, or what's just a feature, and how all of that complements or distracts from the master brand. But ultimately, it's about getting teams to understand and agree with the logic. 
In addition to all that hard work, I appreciate Bold's approach to simplify in order to amplify. Minecraft has such a distinct look, and that was clearly the right decision. If you compare Minecraft to similar sandbox-style games like Fortnite or Roblox, the blocky type and characters are tremendously different. In fact, one benefit of having such distinct assets is the opportunity for unusual partnerships. For example, Burberry and Minecraft created a clothing line together. You can upgrade your character in the game to wear the Burberry scarf, or you can buy that beautiful Burberry scarf in real life with the Minecraft branding on it. The unique look extends unmistakably into that partnership. There's no doubt that it's a Minecraft scarf, and there's no doubt that it's a Burberry scarf. You get a sense for how the Minecraft look and feel can unmistakably extend into shows or movies or future partnerships. Whereas Roblox tends to get confused with Lego, and Fortnite just sort of feels like any other realistic game, only it does have some sweet dance moves. One additional lesson out there for brand or product managers, your visual identity used for marketing and communications should match your product, user interface, or user experience. Too many times I see a huge disconnect there, where a digital product looks one way and the brand looks another. I love the visual connection between the brand for Minecraft and the game experience. And it's all about the blocks. For Harry, it's all pretty straightforward and actually not rocket science. I was sitting in Seattle having dinner by myself a month ago, and I sat next to a gentleman and we started talking and he told me that he works for Jeff Bezos and he designs moon rockets. And I was like, wow. And the conversation started to go into moon rockets. And he explained to me every detail that needs to go into a moon rocket in order for it to lift off, right? And after that dinner, I was thinking, branding isn't really hard. I sometimes think that we as brand consultants or ex-consultants and brand people, we tend to make it a little bit too hard. As soon as I see or hear about brand stories and narrative and characteristics and personas and see these big pyramids of definitions, I get a little bit dizzy nowadays. I think the fundamental rule of branding nowadays is to just keep it simple. It's not that hard. Don't do those extensive narratives and pyramids with a lot of different definitions. I at times think that brand people tend to overcook their omelette a little bit by being just too extensive and too hard to understand. The other thing I learned is to focus on distinctiveness and salience. So distinctiveness is really about the simple thing of your customers identifying it's you, not necessarily differentiation. Differentiation builds into that. But uh I think distinctiveness is a fundamental thing, especially in tech and gaming and entertainment. The other thing is salience, the propensity to come to mind when somebody thinks about, I want to play a game. I, I think that's essential for anyone doing branding. Okay, Harry, you're almost off the hot seat. One more question for you. What about the future for Minecraft? What, what do you hope is next for the brand? I guess that's a good question. I think we're always going to be true to our core having gaming as the fundamental driver of our franchise. But Minecraft will probably go beyond the game quite a lot. Yeah, um, I can't tell you. <laughs> I, I know quite a lot about that, but yeah, I fortunately can't tell you. 
Yeah. Well, there's a little mystery, you know. You'll have to wait and find out for yourself, listener. Okay, that is a wrap for this story and for season four. Special thanks to Harry Lonan for giving us his take on this change. And special thanks to all of the guests this season who made it really special. We do have plans for a fifth season, so be sure to follow us on Instagram, a change of brand, and send us any tips for future shows. Last and certainly not least, a big shout out to our incredible team. All editing and scoring this season was done by Landon Osei-Tutu. Jill Jeffries is our fact checker and logistics ninja. Brianna Belcher is our producer and co-writer. Rachel Jackson helped all season with our artwork. And of course, a special thanks to Tracy Clark for co-hosting. I'm your host, Belake Howard, signing off.